the name of his presentation is Asking Questions, Planting Seeds of Growth in Students and Teachers. The environment of the, for the exchange of information is continually changing. We have access to what feels like an infinite amount of information, and that access was made available faster than many were ready for. We went from needing to have a very specific search and maybe finding a few books to enter in ambiguous words and ideas into a search engine and getting thousands of results. This has affected our ability to process and understand information and has many feelings over well. Now people find it easier to accept information that is either popular or feels good as a fact instead of evaluating information. This fatigue has led to a potentially dangerous new norm. Having information is more important than understanding information. We will examine the art of asking questions. Asking questions, planting the seeds of growth in students and teachers. It's something that uh, I, I feel like I witness on a regular basis because it's something that I think is uh, important specifically because uh, when I became a teacher, I learned something called the backwards design. But when I came to Columbia, it, it was really, really something different. So I want to start with a simple um, exercise. All right. So who is this? Right. So I asked the question, who is this? Right. And it's a basic question. Who? It's one of the, you know, your five uh, W questions plus the H. Um, it's Cookie Monster. But when you answer that question, it's also a Muppet, a Jim Henson creation, and a Sesame Street character. So uh, from, from this point forward, I want you to think beyond what you see on the surface, right? So I have another question for you. So the question here is that the, the Elmo dance, to me, is one of the greatest dances ever that I've ever seen because I just sort of have a, a sense of humor that's looking for the most fun in the situation. But I use two examples from something where students learn on a primary level about asking and inquiring. So where do we go and what do we do when we, we have questions? You can see that for most people, people go to Google. And this is where we go when questions feel challenging, but now probably when questions are easy as well. If you don't know something, you just go there. You just Google things. Google is a verb now. And a question that you I would ask you is, what's the last thing you Googled? Uh, and did you feel any connection to the results when they appeared? It was a page full of results. Did you feel anything? And for me, I don't remember the last thing I Googled and I don't even have a feeling or a connection to it. And that says something about us when we deal with the intelligence of who, what we, who and what we are. Our intelligence is attached to our emotion, our emotions and the perspectives uh, of our understanding starts with a question. And either you ask the question or I ask the question, but it's either you or me who present the question. Uh, our most memorable questions are questions to other people. It connects us and it helps us to have a shared perspective, sometimes. Now, looking at this wonderful, beautiful chart that I made, um, if we, we can balance the connection between you and me, there's a potential of us becoming we. Now, it's where the tribe starts. It's absolutely optional. But as a we, we are very powerful and our we products are more profound and produce greater results 
than our individual energies likely could. And so the question is, is if you do decide to make a weep, who leads the weep, right? Who teaches or what teaches and gives us direction? Now, this is where we have to decide or appoint or seek out someone to be a teacher. But the question is, what makes a good teacher? And their ability to share and interpret information, is that what we want? Or is it their intelligence? Is it the results that they have achieved? Is it the results of their students? And when we ask these questions, we understand that questions are meant to help create and solidify understanding because we believe we understand things, but we ask questions to solidify those things. And the thing is collaborative questions or we questions will help create things beyond our individual imagination. So how do I propose we create a we? The first thing I would say is I would ask the question, are we good students? Because in many cases, people will say yes without a serious evaluation. But if we're honest with ourselves, we'll, we will ask ourselves, are we good students? Were we good students? Are we still students? These are questions that kind of confuse us in a way because there's sort of a mentality that is associated with the idea of being a student. And so what are the characteristics of being a good student? A primary one is the willingness to learn. Now, a willingness to be a temporary subordinate to a teacher affects our ego. And this is where questions are often uh, hindered. But the thing is, you have to know our job is to take in information and challenge ourselves. And most importantly, you challenge the teacher. Now, questions are one of the foundational tools of education. They're both verbal and nonverbal. I know I came to Columbia in, in I think, 2016 to co-teach with a, biling a bilingual Colombian teacher. I've had, I worked with two teachers. And for me, I already knew how to teach. So for, in my mind, it was just a matter of, okay, I just need to get the subject down. And then I'm just going to do what it, what it is I do. I was unaware of how much a student I would be when I entered the situation. And I, I own that and I put that on the arrogance of uh, sort of being, quote, unquote, educated. I knew zero Spanish and I figured when I got in front of the students, my goal would be just speak slowly and clearly. And that would be enough. And then after I finished speaking, I'd ask, do you understand? And it was a horrible, horrible question at the time. And what, what made it more pronounced for me is that. My co-teachers, both male and females, would say the exact same things that I would say, exact words, and the students would clearly and visibly understand them. And after time, it became frustrating to me and confusing because I felt those moments really disheartened me and made me understand, I really don't know what I think I know. So what do I need to do to get a similar reaction from those students. Now, today I'm very grateful for the experience I had um, at the school I worked at. I worked at. It was um, uh, IE Gustavo Matamoros de Costa in Armenia uh, in Quindío. And that experience made me evaluate me. I'm very appreciative of it. And it helped create the thought thread that I have going. So first, 
I decided to focus on me. In order to be a contributing and valuable part of the collective, you have to start with yourself. And this, and in this case, I am the teacher. And I will likely be posing the questions first to students, right? And I must accept that there are no dumb questions. There are opinions about that, but there are no dumb questions. If people don't know, they just don't know. And I have to know as the teacher what I want them to know. And so the questions that I receive after that should be welcomed because there are some teachers who don't welcome those things, but they should be welcomed, whether they're sarcastic or serious, but they should be welcomed as they allow you to help maintain the clarity of your goal and to help sort of bring any ambiguity in your perspective into the forefront for you to clarify. It's your task, it's my task as the teacher to investigate what that ambiguity is and to fix it and to gain greater clarity and to alter my perspective and possibly chart new paths for the students to get what I'm trying to help them understand. The grand goal is to give yourself and the students the most opportunities to be successful. So we look at the questions, steering, and listening from me, the teacher. After sharing information, both open-ended and closed questions are acceptable. Some people get upset about having closed-ended questions and open-ended questions. Sometimes you just ask them because you have to have the student gain confidence that they can speak to you comfortably. It's a matter of what that I as a teacher want to bring out of the student, but I have to know what I seek to bring out. And yes, the goal is to steer students towards information and have a conversation initially, but then you want them to do most of the talking and you want to be listening for three specific things. You're listening to understand, you're listening for agreement, hopefully, and you're listening for the challenges that pre present themselves. If you can't anticipate challenges, it's best to do that and then listen intently to see how they possibly create the solutions in their responses. Because understanding perspectives aid in finding clarity. So I pose a question to you. When is this, right? This image for me, because uh, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York, uh, one of the five boroughs of New York City. Um, when you look at this and you say, when is this, right? You can say, well, it's before 9-11. You can say maybe it's the 80s. You can say it's the past. Or you can say, if you're an American, this, the, the second date that will live in infamy. Or for some other people, you can say the, the moment before the world acknowledged terror, because terror really wasn't acknowledged in the United States in that kind of way before the moment that these buildings uh, ceased to exist. So while when is this is an open-ended question, my understanding of what you know will help me steer you towards what I want you to know in the topic. It's, it's meant for me to be open to unexpected answers and to mold and combine and create something that helps you understand what I'm trying to convey for you. This is where the most, in, 
most interesting investigations happen for teachers specifically. And I think this is where the most learning happens for students. Now you, you as the student, it is really important for students to ask themselves questions before they enter the room, while they're in the room, and after they ask, they exit the room. So as students, it's important to ask yourselves these questions. Are you giving the teacher an opportunity to bring out the best in you? How can you help the teacher help you? Those things are really important because the thing is, that means you have a willingness and openness to learn from this other person. We have often preferred or familiar learning styles, and that is significant because in this moment, is it benefiting you or hindering you to acknowledge your preferred learning styles? How is it helping you or how is it hurting you? Do you have clear goals for yourself? whenever you go into a class or whatever learning session you're in? Because the thing is some people enter classrooms and they don't have clear goals of what they wanna get that day. And, and you have to have a clear goal of what you want. So then once you have your goal, you have to know, well, what and how can I gauge if I grew? Because the thing about it is, is every day we're going to grow, but how can you acknowledge and know that you grow? This deals a lot with emotional intelligence because you have to give yourself credit and where you want to and where you are going. So in that, you have to think, well, what is my plan of action if or when there's a disconnection or an understanding between you and the teacher? Because this happens. There's a difference in teaching and learning style. What do you do if there's a disconnection? Then. Are you open to trying new things? Because learning is a, a steady, uncomfortable, consistent process. And the thing is, you have to know if you're open to trying new things. And if you are open, how do you know you're open to trying new things? Like, what have you done that's new that made you feel like you stretched yourselves or, or you grew? So how do you respond when you're uncomfortable while learning? Because this is probably the most significant part of learning is responding when you're uncomfortable because we have this fight or flight mechanism that exists in us where some of us shut down when we're uncomfortable. And you hear many, many motivational speakers. You can search YouTube to hear you get your most growth when you're uncomfortable. So you have to live in the uncomfortable. That has to be sort of your state of being. And so an important note is replying to a question with a well-worded and thought out question is a great way to show yourself and the teacher that you understand and to push learning even further. It shows that you definitely can do the following things. You can listen to understand, you can reaffirm what's being explained, and you can challenge the status quo. Now, these are some of the foundational tools for you as a student, because when you do these things, it helps solidify you being an open-minded, fertile-soiled student. So one of the more challenging parts of being a student is when you have assumed the knowledge. It plays a role in how we allow ourselves to receive information. So many of us listen to respond, especially when we feel we have the acquired necessary knowledge to be high-performing. This is why a lot of people have a sort of arrogance when they think they know something. But the thing you need to do is you need to listen to understand, which means you likely 
will have many questions and or opinions. And you want to make sure you take note of that and share that and try to resolve those things. Your goal is to find potential connections to prior knowledge. You want to create as many connections as possible so those things become a part of um, your, your, your programming so you create more space for yourself to learn new things. Reaffirming what you believe you you have taken in is a vital tool to to question creation and aid the listener and the speaker and the audience. Because when you reaffirm what you, you believe and what you've taken in, you're like, yeah, I just heard him talk about culture. Yeah, I know what culture is. That's what you want. And the reason you want that is because then you're you're leaning on and you're gleaning from the things that you already know, which makes you more open to learn and receive the information that is there. So, so in challenging the, squatters, the status quo, you're likely to elevate the knowledge of yourself and others by causing a reevaluation of norms. Now, adding new dimensions uh, to things and creating new understandings are the things that innovation comes from. And this is where students are so vital to the, the education process, period. And so you have to think when you challenge the status quo, make sure that your goal and your focus is to benefit the whole, like generally benefit the whole so you can have the most positive potential that comes from challenging the status quo. So so with those ideas in mind, um, another question is, how did you do this? So we all were children. We all had parents and we're looking and there's a little girl with her mom or a teacher or someone. And how did you do it? How did you learn how to tie your shoe? Now, uh, a movie that comes to my mind is Big Daddy, where uh, I remember Adam Sandler was teaching a kid and because I watched it on Netflix the other day. And he said, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm making the bunny ears. And he's like, no, that's not right. You do loop, swoop and pull. And so as a teacher, as a student receiving information, you have to understand that there will be many different ways on how you do things. And so you want to take those ways and add them to your sort of your arsenal of things. So when you look at this thing and you think about things that you have learned in the past, think about it. Do you still learn things and do you still do things the way you were originally taught? Or have you done it in a different way? The way you write, the way you talk. And if you do, why? And if you don't, why not? It's, it's a question that you ask yourself to elevate how you learn, what you're learning. So the thing that you have to think about there is I have to accept there are so many different ways to tie knots, to learn things. And when or if I learned a new way of doing something, did I go back to my original teacher and share my new knowledge? Because that's a role that students should regularly uh, embrace. You learn something new that you didn't hear from the teacher. Go back to that teacher and tell that teacher, hey, I learned something new and I want to tell you what I did. And then share with them because you are giving something to that teacher that they can possibly share with other people and add to other people elevating their, their, their knowledge. So the we, the In my opinion, the optional goal, but also the grand goal. Bringing your understanding 
to or back to a teacher is a valuable uh, point, a valuable thing to do that's beyond measure. It's, It's like infinitely beautiful and positive. While you may or may not be a teacher by profession, you will be a teacher in that moment. And you have to embrace that and make sure you speak with full clarity. So willingly collaborating with former teachers in a respectful manner about new knowledge and information you've gained is something valuable that you just you just have to look at. You are going to just do wonderful things. And that teacher may take what you've done and just they, they may give you back more information. It may elevate more teaching that you have. So with that, this is where you look to build bridges, seek new destinations and elevate the community. Now, this is a space where the greatest evolution of people can happen. We see it every day with the, the, the creation of the Internet, the telephone, the telegraph, smartphones, etc. In this space, you have to understand that you're going to create new standards and the collaboration will take us even further. I have a, an opinion about online learning and I have an opinion about hybrid learning and I have an opinion about traditional face to face learning. But the fact that we have all those options are is super duper important. So those collective questions that are created from collaboration help you visualize so much more that you can do well beyond what you think you can. Now, there will be opinions and you have to accept that opinions may be different from what you you support, agree with or like. But it's the willingness to take those opinions and learn from them. So understanding a significant part of asking and answering questions is nonverbal. What are the solutions that you can offer to bridge the gaps for the new world that we live in? And so, in my opinion, setting clear targets with checkpoints for when we as a group uh, strive to accomplish something can be significant as a first step in finding comfort in an uncomfortable place and creating a sure footing and foundation for what you have a goal to go towards. So to close, why do you think we do this? We do this because one of the foundational goals of life is to feel happiness and to feel happiness as much as possible. So we often have no idea where our happiness comes from. So we will ask ourselves, How can I be happy? What will make me happy? This is a constantly evolving world where the answer to that question becomes more and more challenging with the more information and the more evolution that we have. But you have the capacity and community to find your smile by embracing asking questions, embracing being a teacher and a student at the same time. So regularly take time to understand what you're asking yourself, what you're asking your teachers, and what you're asking your community. So with that, because I am an American in Colombia, I wanted to give credit to your country for the creativity that it's sort of imparted on me. Uh, The question here is, where is this? Well, it's Colombia, number one, but number two, it's a photo of Guatape. Uh, if if I'm saying that or uh, I'm doing that correctly. And what I find so beautiful about this photo is the steps. There are so many steps there 
And those steps, in my opinion, represent the pathway to your question, uh, the, the pathway that your questions will lead you to, to your summit or to your goal. And when you reach your summit, when you reach your goal, even though the landscape may be challenging, the view from your summit will be absolutely breathtaking. And with that, uh, happy Independence Day again and supporting uh, your, your, your August 7th Battle of Bojica Day. And I thank you. So here are the references for some of the things that I sort of gleaned information from. And also, if you would like to contribute your voice to uh, the podcast, there's links for the podcast. And the uh, and you can obviously contact me in my email for the information to contribute because I think that sharing information is absolutely a beautiful thing. And with that, I thank you. 